Welcome everyone to another Dragonlance Saga Hangout. It is Lenara's Yurth Green the Ninth. Come on in, the water is fine. My name is Adam. <laughs> we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking about Dragonlance. We're going to be talking about dragons and lances. And that's kind of it. Oh yeah, and bigotry. <laughs> I'm going to dust in a little bigotry just for you. To warm the cockles of your heart. Because it's Easter. And when zombie saviors aren't here to save you, it's Dragonlance. <laughs> That's a close second. I don't know. Did you guys do anything for Easter? Like, I'm a grown-up, obviously. My kids are grown. Is Easter, like, just a little kid thing? We used to do tons of stuff for Easter, like a whole day's worth of events. But now that my kids are grown, we didn't even know what to do. Like, do we get them a basket for adult kids? I don't, I don't know. What do you guys do? We ended up getting them some chocolate. That was it. Oh, well. We failed at Easter, I guess. We're not religious family, so it's it's a weird holiday anyway. It's a bunny goes around to lay eggs? What? Doesn't make any sense. Even if you're religious, that makes no sense. It's weird. All right, so let's see. Uh, I would like to take a moment <laughs> and thank the members of this YouTube channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by visiting the link in the description below. And of course, you can always pick up Dragonlance Gaming materials of every edition by using the links in the uh, description below as well. That's always fun. So I have a massive hangover. <laughs> I was out partying last night. Partying. I'm an old man. My version of partying is sitting on a bar stool and chatting with a friend at his bar at his house. Uh, that's basically it is our me and uh, my wife and him and his wife and we're just what this is what we do when uh <clears throat> when i want to hang out with friends which is not very often i don't i genuinely don't really like going anywhere i, I prefer just sort of stay in my lair and you know tend to my garden and yard and stuff like that but when i do get out like my me and my friends we drink right so he'll get a bunch of different whiskeys uh we're whiskey people so I'm, I prefer rye and bourbon. He prefers bourbons uh, primarily, but also, you know, stuff like Jim Beam, which is a bourbon. Um, and uh, we, we do our best to try brand new types of whiskey as much as possible. So whether it's a pot still or whether it's a sour mash or, you know, we want to sort of broaden our horizons. I mean, diving into the scotches and you're like neck deep in madness. So what we do is we will go and buy just random bottles that we think would be interesting or delicious and we decide to hang out on a night and everyone brings the bottles and so we just have tons of bottles and we do these tiny little pours one at a time and just try them and talk about the flavor profile talk about what we think about it talk about the um, distillery where it comes from in the world and, and just sort of enjoy the drink and the story behind the drink as well as uh, each other's company and it ends up where we consume a lot of alcohol and that's where i am right now i'm on the next morning from consuming a lot of alcohol so i got um just a wee bit of uh, johnny walker to help chase that you know a little hair of the dog never hurt you too bad the easter bunny didn't bring me some of this okay um and then my wife i don't know if i released the the episode yet but i have a a, a recipe episode that should be releasing really soon here if it hasn't already been released about gully dwarf homestyle porridge. My wife liked it so much, this morning she made it. And it's very it's the very first time that I've done one of these Dragonlance recipes where my wife is still thinking about it after I've cut the video and published it, right? 
And that's very strange to me. So she came in this morning. She's like, hey, where's that where's that porridge recipe that you did? I was like, oh, gully dwarf porridge, huh? <laughs> you going to make that? And just pointed her to the, the book. But it's funny seeing, like, because she's, she's not a fantasy person like I am. And she's not any more of a Dragonlance person than your random person on the street is. And so for her to be, like, opening a, a Dungeons & Dragons cookbook looking for gully dwarf porridge <laughs> in order to make it, it's kind of cool, kind of weird. But that was my day. What are you going to do? All right. Um, it's delicious. If you've never had it, the video will come out if it's not already out soon. So uh, look forward to that. And then the other thing I've been doing is um, I've been importing games to Roll20. Now, I'm I'm relatively new to Roll20. I only started using it um, with the Shadow of the Dragon Queen Dragonlance campaign that I've been running. First time ever using it. So, oh, that's not true. It was the XD20. That I started using it. <clears throat> but still, either way, I'm new to, to Roll20. And I thought, well, my son is a uh, Marine. He's over in Okinawa right now. So if I want to play board games with him, I could just load them all up into Roll20 and we could just play board games like whenever we wanted, whenever our schedule's allowed, because he's almost a full day ahead of me. Um, and so that's what I've been doing. I've been like loading up board games. There's a Goonies board game which uh, is kind of cool. It's a little bit like D&D. It's more like D&D than a board game, but it's just, it's the Goonies, so it's really, really fun. Uh, I've been loading that up, um, taking photos of everything and cutting them, but I also did some Dragonlance ones. So um, let me show you. Might as well just dive into this really quick here. So this is the, well, a part of the board game cover for Dragonlance. Where is the Dragonlance board game? So I've, I've loaded that in there. So that'll be really kind of fun and cool. And I've also loaded in, let's see if this works. Mage stones. And it's not working. Come on, man. Hook a brother up. There we go. So I also loaded in uh, mage stones. And that's just a quick, fun little group game. If you got a bunch of people, you sort of bust each other's chops and, and play it. It's very fun. I'll show these to you in the, in just a second here. But then there's Battle System. And this is another fun little mass combat game that you can just play in Roll20. And it's easily loaded in there. You know, these other games, you have to have spe special dice. And so you have to do like a, uh, a roll table is what it's called. But basically you just scan in the custom dice and, and you're good to go. The, um, and then there's, of course, Dragons of Glory, which is a simulation war game. You know, basically the, the uh, War of the Lance video game was made after this. But it's just, you, you know, someone chooses the Dragon Army side, someone chooses the White Stone Up Forces side, and you just, like, do a Risk-style combat game, which is kind of cool. I've never played through it yet, but it is one that I've loaded in and we can play. And then there's the Battle System for 2nd Edition, which is a simplified version of Battle System that you can also run very easily and of course everyone knows because i've been playing it warriors of kryn in the shadow of the dragon queen campaign that i'm running so that's already loaded in stuff so i've been doing that for uh the past week just going insane with like scanning taking photos and bringing them into the computer and editing cutting around the odd shapes of the different pieces and it's a process to get everything in there but now that it's in there, I can just play it whenever the hell I want and uh, hang out with my son, which is going to be dope.
That'd be awesome. So, Lady um, Kepra, thanks for joining live. Good to see you. Michael, what's up? Oriole, how you doing, man? You played recently. You had a blast. Oh, that's a good... Yeah, the Dragonlance board game is really, really fun. Did you play the advanced version or the basic version? I've never played the advanced, and I want to. I uh, have to give Magestones a try. Dude, it's a great game. You'll, you'll enjoy yourself. Because it's, it's just like... It's like Bejeweled, basically. You know, it's just like a fun little quick game. I mean, there's some lore to it, but it's all superfluous. It doesn't really matter. It's really just strategy and placing a gem. Uh, Warriors of Kryn was also very good. I like it. I, I enjoy Warriors of Kryn a lot. I think it's a really fun game. So that's been my life, is photographing and editing board game assets in Roll20 for the past week, and it's been kind of a nightmare. Um, and then also... I started doing another recipe. So there's only like six Dragonlance-specific recipes in the book Heroes Feast, the Dungeons and Dragons official cookbook. And I've already done three of them now. So I've got three more. One is another drink, and two of them are vegetable dishes, like ve like vegetarian-type dishes. So I, I have to make those. But whenever I make these recipes, I have to like scale them down because they generally make a ton of food, which I don't understand why anyone would make a recipe with that much food in it. It's just... You can never eat it. It's it's that much food. Unless you have a huge family that's coming over or you're taking it to some huge potluck gathering, you have to pair these leaves from the In the Last Home recipes back. So I did one where uh, I actually made my own kielbasa and sauerkraut. Um, we like have a meat grinder. And so we like fed meat into our own sausage and everything. And I have that all in the, the, the recipe episode. You know, it's sped up, but it's kind of fun seeing the whole process from making the sausage to cooking it and making dinner and everything, uh, making the meal. It's, it's a lot of fun, but that's what we got to do. We always got to pair it back. So we just made uh, Parsalian's tea, which is going to be coming out in about a month. That's just how far in advance I've been recording stuff. So um, Parsalian's tea is supposed to be the version of Raceland's tea that was in Leaves from the, in the Last Home, which I've made them both now so I can easily say that Raceland's tea costs a lot more because you have to buy specialty tea leaves and that is expensive. Parsalian's is like three ingredients and it tastes infinitely better because it's simple and it's whatever. But there's no way it would help anyone with anything, you know? I mean, I understand it's not supposed to really be like medicinal, but I just, uh, I don't know. I expected more from Parsalian's tea than three ingredients. And it's literally lemon zest, ginger, and honey. Oh, no, four ingredients and mint. That's it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? There's no way that is the recipe that Raceland drinks to feel better. It's ridiculous. Hey, Felipe, how you doing, man? Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. How's Brazil today? How's the weather? We get all of our um, tech support in my professional job from people down in Brazil. So specialty, <laughs> specialty on the pun. Nice. Hey, Cyril, how you doing? All right, so let's uh, let's talk about Roll Twenty and Dragonlance board games because I just showcased some of them, and uh, they're pretty fun. I'm debating on whether this the next episode I make is going to be a how to play Mage Stones or um, a regional one about Kur, C H U R Kur, the land, the nation. I don't, I'm not sure which one. Which one would you guys want, like to watch more? Let me know in the chat. All right. Is this it? 
Alright, so this is the Dragonlance board game. And you can see, like, we have the Dragonlance here that the dragons have to fly into this little fortress uh, through one of these gates. And you can see the little 3D gates right there. They have to fly in, take it, fly out, while all the other dragons teams are trying to steal it. And you get to deal with elevation and stuff. And when you're playing the game, the board game, it's actually kind of difficult because the pieces don't really fit perfectly well together. Stuff falls over all the time. When you're going up in elevation with your dragon, that's tracked by these little white checkers looking like tokens that you have to stack underneath and then moving them is a pain. They fall over and it becomes a nightmare. And so in roll 20, you actually don't have to worry about that at all. And I've been thinking about if we're, and these are all the dragons, so blue dragons, you move them around and stuff. Um, I'm thinking tracking elevation just through this. So that would be, you know, three elevation markers up and then you, you get like to roll your dice and that tells you how many movements you get moving up and down costs of movement and of course across the board costs of movement stuff as well so that'd be kind of cool i have never used the advanced rules i've only played this once with the basic rules and i really really want to play it bad like i've got all the manuals loaded in here i've got all the cards loaded in here like i'm ready to play it and uh you know have a good time doing it but i just got to get people together and that's the hardest part for me is getting people together kind of a pain that took us netherlands wow how's the weather over there that's cool welcome skull cowboy how you doing the bayou as in alabama or louisiana or or where you gotta let me know or hell florida <laughs> they got bayou or georgia i was stationed in georgia for training in the army this is like 20 some odd years ago love georgia it is such a gorgeous gorgeous state louisiana nice that's one place I've always wanted to visit and I never have. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a fun, you get all your different dragons. So there's three dragon colors for each side, good and evil. And then there's like character cards and magic items and flying citadels. And like, you get to do aerial combat and stuff in this board game. It's super cool. I really, really enjoy it. Spring, sunny and warm today. Nice. This past week, we had tons of snow and it's all melted now because today... The sun decided to come out and melt everything down. And so it's just gorgeous going out there. Feeling the, the sun on your skin is just the best, in my opinion. I love it. And it's just fun because you can tactically move them around and then combat the other dragons and hunt them down. And they have to make it back to their colored bases, the colored bordered bases here, in order to actually... Uh, win with the dragonlance so they have to go in get the dragonlance and get out of it and get back to their base and there's magic spells that you can get and like if you roll a one or two with your movement dice you get to pull a spell card and you can use that and some of them are only for good people some of them are only for bad people and some of them only certain colors of dragons can use and stuff like that and some of them are immune to other spells it's very very cool so it's definitely one of those games that i've got to get the members together and we've got to just play some Dragonlance board games because it'll be a fun time. Uh, you can keep the snow, but you're welcome. To... <laughs> hey, wh wherever I go, the snow comes with me. I don't control it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Middle of summer. Uh, you're selling you on this take on the game. Dude, it's great. It's a great board game. It's very cool. And it's got the best logo ever. Dragonlance. So that's a cool one. But the one I played was Maidstones. This game is awesome. So depending on the amount of players you have with Maidstones, 
that tells you how many gemstones you have. And if it's only two people, then you have all of them, which is 12 per color. And because it's in roll 20, you know, you just sort of move it around and each column that has a number in it, those represent different spheres of magic, um, like uh, enchantment, illusion, etc., etc. And the sixth column represents the um, primal, prime material plane, like earth. So if you get a stone in number six, then it can never be bound is what they call it, but basically taken off the board. So the point of this board game is just to get all of your gems on the board. And everyone else is trying to do the same thing while they're trying to get rid of your gems off the board by binding them. And that just means getting on either side of one or more different gemstones. And um, if you have one left, like if you're playing bingo and you have one card left, you shout bingo. In this game, if you have one uh, gem left, you shout Raceland. And that just lets you know that that person's going to be going out next turn if you know the other players don't get rid of one of their gems to stop them. But it's just a fun little point accumulation game. So basically when one person gets all of their stones on the board, that game is over. And so you calculate points. So however many gemstones you have on the board are positive points. However many you have off the board are negative points. And uh, you balance out that total. And ultimately you're going for um, five points per player. So if you have five players or six players, because there's six different colors, you have to get to um, 30 points. And so it, it takes a little bit of time and you have to use a little strategy when you're placing them and you're trying to avoid other people, but then you also want to try to get them before they can finish. And it's kind of a fun little strategy, just lighthearted, you know, group game. Um, I went over to Derek's place and I played it with uh, his wonderful family and uh, another friend of his. And uh, it was just, we were laughing and having a great time playing it. It was a lot of fun. So if you ever get a chance to play this game, I highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's a good time. It's just one of those, you know, easy to, to run games too. And then of course, we've got Warriors of Kryn, which again, can get wildly complex later on, but in the early game, it's very, very simple. And it's just a fun, good time too. A lot of this is just up to what cards you pull. You know, and, and the randomness of uh, the amounts of Dragon Army versus the amount of Alliance forces. It's just a good time. What's your favorite system to play? Dragonlance. Felipe, good question. Uh, let me know what your guys' are. My favorite system is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I like the old school way of doing things. I think 5th uh, edition doesn't feel like Dragonlance to me. It just feels like you're wearing a Dragonlance costume. You know, it's like the the rules of the world don't seem to really be there anymore. The, the fact that you could have a Kender sorcerer in the Mages of High Sorcery, and the fact that it's called Mages of High Sorcery, not Wizards of High Sorcery, that bugs me. Like, Kender were never supposed to have magic ever. And they're actually barred from it. No one would teach them in, like, because they're Kender. Like, that's a nightmare. So, I was like that. Second edition was awesome. I played a hell of a lot of second edition. It was a good time. I mean, ultimately, any any system you're playing Dragonlance in is going to be a good time because it's the world that we love. You know, it's the... Um, oh, if you want to see the Goonies that I've been loading in, I'm not done. But it's cool because they have like a little DM screen and um, it's got uh, like my side of the DM screen has like all the information of it 
and stuff. It's just it's a fun little game. And then you ha- like have all the characters from the Goonies movie and stuff. It's a very, very cool game. All right, so that's all I really wanted to show you with that is the fact that you can do, you can play all these really great old school Guns and Dragons board games and you don't have to worry about spending hundreds of dollars to buy them on eBay secondhand. You can just go on Roll20 and if you know someone, you know, they can hook you up with the assets and you can have a good time. It's very fun and very easy. So even Raceland stated if he thought of Kender Magic, he would be truly damned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just absurd. Uh, there's, I don't know. I personally, I don't like, I'm one of those weirdos that doesn't like sorcery in War of the Lance era. Unless, until you get to Age of Mortals, I don't have sorcery in my Dragonlance games. I think it's ridiculous. In 5th edition, you can't really get around it. But, I don't like it. Have you made a video of how to integrate classes from 5th edition into Dragonlance? No, uh, Clint, I'm not entirely sure what you mean by that. Um, how to integrate them for Dragonlance specifically, like like classes that may not work with Dragonlance and how to integrate them. Is that what you mean? Um, I haven't, because quite frankly, uh, after I run this, I finish with this adventure, I'm not going to be playing 5th edition anymore. <laughs> I'm really just doing it to play through the Dragonlance adventure, and that's it. Um, I'm more concerned with uh, some of the ridiculous things that they're doing with Dragonlance and, and the choices, I'm sorry, Dungeons and Dragons and the choices that they're making seem arbitrary and strange rather than, um, you know, moving the game forward. Uh, they're, they're like stripping it away, which is strange. Raceland would be a good example of a warlock due to his pact and his test. Yeah, it would. He would be a good example of that. Um, even then, though, you know, he did draw some. There was like two or three moments where uh, Fist and Dallas like took over and really helped Raceland out. But other than that, he drew it straight from Nunatary or when he was a Black Robe. But, you know, before that, um, uh, Lunatary. So I just don't see Warlocks or Sorcerers, you know, being a really good fit for Dragonlance at all in in the Age of Despair. Do you use published adventures or make your own story? Normally, I make my own story. I don't... I tend not to do published adventures, and it's only because people don't like to be railroaded, and the format of a module is inherently a bit railroady. Um, now, the difference being, if I'm just making the story myself, it's easier for me to wax and wane in location and situation and story. If you're following a module, there's an end point that you're supposed to get to. And so it can take some finagling of a talented DM if the party doesn't follow that railroad track to the end in order to get them there. And that's more hassle than it's worth a lot of the time. I mean, the ultimate point is to have fun. And so for dungeon masters who enjoy redirecting characters based on their random choices, well, then they're going to have a good time. For people who don't really like to force characters to do certain things, you know, maybe just making up your own stuff is better. And as long as you're using the Dragonlance lore and world setting, then it's still going to be a good time. You know, it's still going to be a really fun experience. Um, you don't know how druids or monks work in Dragonlance. Uh, just the same. Monks have been in Dragonlance since 3rd edition. Druids have been in Dragonlance since the beginning. Like, 
I believe since first edition. So it's just, you know, there are certain deities that cater to those types of characters more, but you're still not really limited. I mean, the fact is, is we had Z um, Zivilin, uh, a druid rise mason, worship Zivilin for a little bit. He, you know, originally it was uh, Chislev, I think. But um, it's just, you know, you can do whatever you want. And you can always make classes work. You can always come up with some lore reasoning to make it work. But some of it just doesn't feel right. You first played a druid in D&D &D to start with. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. What god did you follow? Uh, why Dragonlance villains, no villains novels are never released on Kindle or audiobook? That's a good question. I don't know. You got to ask Wizards of the Coast. They don't like money, <laughs> I guess. Because the truth is, is everyone would buy the kindle or audiobook version of those books rather than spending exorbitant prices for people in the second market secondhand market it gets crazy right 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 what god did your druid follow in Dragonlance? so um there's always there's always a way to play you know these board games online there's always a way to spend uh time in Dragonlance without actually playing the role-playing game of course there's reading but also, you know, just get them, get on a virtual tabletop and just load up a, a board game and, and have some fun. That's what I like to do. Um, let's talk about the meat and potatoes of this episode. Let's talk about bigotry. Um, I think it's, uh, it's something that you can't get away from in life. It's inherent in human nature. We are tribal from the beginning. So, you know, there, there's this sort of uh, personal bigotry that people have based on personal experience. But then there's also cultural bigotry that you're taught. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, it, it, there was a lot of derogatory references to homosexual men that was just thrown around on a regular basis. Uh, and that was just the culture of the time. And so uh, for the gay friends that I had and the gay experiences that I shared from time to time with them, um, you can understand why they would be upset and why they wouldn't want to be treated as a sort of monolith of homosexuality when they're just individuals with a different sexual preference. And so you start to understand as you grow up that just because you're from a certain region or your ancestry is from a specific region or followed a specific religion, like I grew up in Utah. If you're a Catholic in Utah, you're not as welcome as if you were Mormon in Utah. And that's just the way it was as kids. And kids parrot what their teacher, what their parents um, instruct them in. And especially religious families, they are really insane about it. So I got out of the religion altogether, but there's a lot of people that are still straight up. I mean, just Mormonism itself is founded in bigotry. Like that's just what it is. I mean, it's founded by a lot of nonsense too. But um and it's not just Mormon religions, it's all Abrahamic religions. They're founded in tribalism and hating the other. That's how it's always been. And if you ever say, find anyone that says that one religion is peaceful, all you have to do is tell them to read their own Bibles. And it all goes back to the Old Testament because every, whether it's Islam, Judaism, or Christianity, goes back to the Old Testament. Um, that's why it's called Abrahamic religions. Um, and so bigotry is, is baked into human culture from the beginning. Now, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it acceptable, but it's always been there. And so, again, it's either learned 
or experienced why people have biases that they have. When you're talking about a game or a fictional universe, well, we get to heighten that or tamp it down per the group that you're playing with. But when you have the game system itself telling you, no, you don't get to do that. This, if you want to do it, you have to homebrew it, but we don't even want to have any racist overtones at all in the game. Well, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, first of all, racism is not a good thing. So of course, get rid of racism, you know, stop being racist, grow and learn as a human that that doesn't, you know, the way you look, who you like, how you feel does not mean anything to anyone else. Of course. But there are certain IPs where the fact that it is baked in gives you moments of growth and experience to test boundaries. So uh, for between elves, there's bigotry between from the Sylvanesty and the Qualanesty and with the Kiganesty. I mean, it's just baked into who those elves are. When you have a minstrel character in Spelljammer and the public at large raises their fists shouting about it, saying that that's a representation of a black man or woman. Well, that says more about them than it does about having a creature minstrel in a game. That's them bringing their real world sensibilities of racism and bigotry into the game that doesn't need to be there. So it's, I think it's interesting and it's educational to explore the ideas of bigotry through the video games, specifically with Dragonlance, because it's inherent to the setting. That doesn't mean you have to parrot it in real life or champion it in real life. Because again, this is all fantasy. It's made up. It's not real. And so you get to have those difficult situations where maybe you are a minotaur from the Blood Sea and you don't like the Argothian seamen, uh, the pirates or, or the merchantmen. There's a racial bias there. Now, that may not be exploited through straight up hate and racism, but there is a cultural bias between those two organizations. Um, between ogres and minotaurs, between goblins and ogres, between dwarven clans, between human groups, different nationalities and regions. Like, you cannot strip away bigotry from Dragonlance or any fictional uh, fantasy world or, you know, sci-fi world because it's what adds interest and intrigue and challenge in order to get over. And one of the greatest things about Dragonlance that I love so much is the overcoming of inherent biases and bigotries. It's not celebrating racism and bigotry by having it in the game. It allows you to work through it and even fight it and contest it. So rather than bringing all the hate and frustration from the outside world, real life, into a game and trying to strip out everything that you don't like, how about you use it as an example on how to better behave if you want to have some positive spin on it? Just closing your eyes, covering your ears, covering your mouth, and sticking your head in the sand about an issue does not make that issue go away. Getting rid of half-elf species because you think they're inherently racist, which they're not, doesn't solve any racism in the world. It doesn't prevent 
the problem of bigotry at all. It just means you are putting on a shiny good guy badge saying, look how much better than you are, I am. That doesn't solve anything. If you want to be an adult about things, then face the topics head on. I was having a, a conversation about abortion uh, last night when we were drinking. And my friend and I are not on opposite ends, but I'm much more liberal and progressive than he is. And so he was talking about how, you know, there should be limits. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. And then his wife was like, I just don't want to talk about this anymore. Stop talking. Let's just move the topic to something else. And you're like, okay, that's fine. But you can have difficult conversations without it getting to blows, without it becoming like a toxic situation. And if you're incapable of bringing up a subject without becoming verklempt and, and having it trigger you and you have to go, I don't know, hug a whoopee, well, don't involve yourself in that situation. But don't try to remove it from everyone else's experience because everyone else might like the idea of overcoming bigotry and racism in their game rather than stripping it away and pretending that it doesn't exist at all. Now, that is all to say that I don't think you need bigotry. You can have situational moments that inform rather than, and this is the other part of this. In Dragonlance, most of the baked-in bigotry is not simply because it's another race. It's because of how those races interacted with the original races, right? So, for example, elves blame humans for the cataclysm because it was humans, by and large, the king priest, right? So the elves' uh, bigotry towards humans is based on experiential situations, you can't just get rid of that because then there's no reason for them not to like each other. And you can't have any conflict in a world where everyone walks hand in hand and loves each other and there's happiness everywhere. That's not fun. That sucks. So you have to have drama and conflict. So then if you're going to get rid of the individual like racial biases between these different species, what is it that's going to drive them? And so I think when it comes to Dragonlance, you always fall back on why don't they like them? Not simply because, oh, it's a different race and that race is lesser than. No. What, ex what moment happened to them in their cultural history that caused them not to like this other race? You know, for dwarves, between dwarves, well, they locked down, the mountain dwarves locked down Thorbarden and they left the neater dwarves, the hill dwarves, outside to starve. Now, each side has their own interpretation of why they did it and the realities of it, but they are culturally at each other's throats because of that one inciting incident. And so their biases, again, is not informed because they're a, a different nationality or a, a subspecies or something. It's because they did something bad to them from their perspective. And that's it. And that's all you need. It doesn't have to be a hate thing. Um, all right, so before I go on, Habakkuk. Oh, nice. Hey, Civil War, thanks for tuning in. Have you ever checked out the RPG Elite's reason why black people don't play RPGs? Uh, no, but I do know black people who play RPGs, so <laughs> I don't think that's true. Uh, Lead us, thanks for tuning in live. Part of the fun of RPGs and such worlds is that you can adjust them to fit your players. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Um, if it gets too close to home, adjust it on the fly. You know, that's what a DM is there for. 
They're supposed to make sure that their players are having a good time, not suffering damn trauma. <laughs> so leave it to the DM to, to deal with that. Don't strip it from the game inherently. Now, I know that they, they did strip that race, that minstrel race, from Spelljammer. Um, and they changed race to species, I think, in newer versions. And he just talked about removing half races because he considers them racist, which is insane to me. Um, I don't understand how any of it could be considered racist. It's fiction. It's not real. Like, they have situational biases, like I've been talking about, but it's not like they hate them simply because they're a different color or, you know, come from a different nationality or a different religion. Like, there's an actual reason for it. So, and, and there is rape. There is interspecies love. You know, like, connections. So, how do you get Tannis Half-Elven if uh, his mother, an elf, and the man who fathered him a human, didn't get together. Do you just no longer have half races anymore? So would he then, would they not be able to have interspecies breeding at all? That's the conversation you have to have, right? I think it's ridiculous because this game, the foundation of it is to allow half elves. But, you know, if, if that's the road you want to go in, fine, go, go down that road but we always have the older versions of the games to play whatever version we're happy with if we don't like the direction that the new one's taking. And ultimately, um, I think the player base of this game, they're going to do what they've always done, and they're going to homebrew. So regardless of the um, social justice warrior um, good guy badge that the developers may or may not want to project, you still have every player able to do whatever the hell they want in their own games and to address difficult issues if they want or stay away from them if they want to. And that's the point of the game. It's just to customize and have fun. Um, you always saw the half-elf and other such things to be a, uh, a chance to ponder the issues. Yeah, and that's what I love so much about Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid. Um, and they always had these moral lessons, right? Like G.I. Joe had it, He-Man had it. I think even Care Bears and shit had it. Uh, but that was like what you did back when I was a kid. It was, it was the, there was a moral lesson to be learned through the story. And you can look at Dragonlance and learn moral lessons. That's, if you look at the oldest of fairy tales, like grim fairy tales, uh, some of the most popular fairy tale fictions, there's some really gory stuff in those that they're all meant to tell moral lessons to help raise children into healthy adults. Like, you have to talk about different difficult situations in order to learn from them. If you just hide from them, then they exist in the shadows, and people always look for stuff in the shadows. They always find it more interesting. It's just so ridiculous to me that, that anyone would ever ban books or, or ban topics from being addressed when all that happens is truth comes out of it. It's like, I, I don't like... Um, uh, Nazis, for example. I don't, I mean, yeah, I'm brave for admitting that. <laughs> I don't like Nazis. <laughs> but uh, I would never want to ban their speech because you don't know how stupid they are unless they open their mouth and prove it. So you have to let them open their mouth and prove it. 
If you just banned everyone's speech, you wouldn't know if they're filled with hate as a person or if they're, you know, just a regular person. Like, you got to let people speak to let you know where they stand and whether or not you should completely dismiss them and ignore them. It's just the only way, in my opinion. Um, my game leaned more into power metal than right or left. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Adam, the board game talk makes me think one of your favorite dungeons ever played. What? Are you asking me what my favorite dungeon I ever played? Or are you telling me that you have one? Let me know what yours is. RPG Elite is a black guy who has been playing since the 80s. Yeah, I mean, most most people my age who play the game have played since they were, you know, kids in the 80s. That's just, that's, otherwise you, you did other things, you know, you're into sports or you're really into girls or boys or whatever. I mean, you just, you focus on something else. Um, so yeah, the, the removal of races due to player backlash, I think is ridiculous. Never listen to any player base because the truth is if they don't like it, they won't include it in the game. But by you removing it, it actually stops other people who may want to include it from adding it to their game. You're forcing them to then homebrew the creature. You're not getting rid of the problem. You're just trying to put some band-aid to placate a vocal minority. That's it. And there's no reason to do that. You're not going to lose people playing simply because they don't like one particular species or race. You're going to lose them because they just don't enjoy playing the game. And so that's what you should be focused on. Uh, renaming the word race, that is just ridiculous. Like, it doesn't matter. If you want to call it species, call it species. Call it whatever the hell you want. It doesn't really matter. But the fact is, is this is the vernacular of Dungeons and Dragons. You can pretend that it's not. You can pretend that you're changing. But we're like 50 years in to this role-playing game of always knowing it as one thing. And now you're trying to go back and say, well, I personally perceive that to be troublesome socially. So I think possibly we should change it so that everyone feels included. Ignoring the fact that everyone has always been included. Always. Because it's not real. It's fiction. I just, I, I can't get past this idea that people are somehow projecting their real life into the game so much that they get offended by simply the word existing in the game. Get over yourself. Who raised you? Did, were you never exposed to other perspectives or people? Other lifestyles? Other, other cultures? It's amazing to me. Power metal is a kind of music. Well, yeah, I know that. I didn't know you were referencing music. <laughs> Your games lean more into a music... Uh, just a hardcore metal than uh, right or left. I don't know. Hey, David, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, it just bothers me. So I may not like certain ideas or, or characters or situations that maybe Dragonlance or maybe Dungeons & Dragons has baked into the system, but that's what homebrew is for. I'm not going to insist that my opinion should be the only opinion and I should have my way no matter what. Like, as children, you're taught to share toys, to work together to solve problems, to learn social skills. And our current generations are saying, no, it has to be my way or I'm going to burn you down. Grow up, kids. That's not life. Life is 
everyone, not just you. So grow the hell up. I just don't, it really drives me insane. And the thing is, is I do believe in inclusion. That's what the DM is there for, to cater to the group's fun and inclusiveness. That's what their job is to adjust storyline, situation, options in order to make the players have uh, a, a, an opportunity of having a better time. But just to like strip it out because one person or 500,000 people complained, what about the base that's actually playing the game? What about them? You should probably find that out because all it does is make you look like an asshole and make other people want to step away from your game instead of actually engage with it. Uh, you don't see the black robes as evil in your game. Dark is not evil. It's what you go with the dark that makes it evil or not. That's an interesting approach, Skull Cowboy. Um, I do play alignments, and so I do think there is evil in the game, but I like evil being in the game. I like the idea of evil. The truth is, is that with Dragonlance, you need those alignment variations because it's the law of consequences. You have to have evil. You have to have a balance. You have to have good. You have to have a balance. That's the whole point of Dragonlance. So to pretend like that doesn't exist, to me, makes it less like Dragonlance. But again, if that works in your guys' home games, we'll play it however you enjoy playing it. I'm going to play it the way I enjoy playing it. But to strip things out of the game system is a bridge too far. That's ridiculous. Um, then the removal of half races. Um, it's, it's such a strange sword to fall on. There have always been mixed races and half half orc from the very beginning uh half elf from the very beginning of this game and now you're not you're gonna just pretend he said that he's i think it was chris perkins or pearson or whatever the hell his name is he said that uh he thought it was inherently racist but they're probably leaving it in or something like that so it's not going to be stripped away but it is something that he feels is inherently racist if you're an ogre and you fall in love with a human woman. Let's say you're an ogre man. And you fall in love with a human woman. And the human woman fell in love with you back. And you decide to make a baby. That's racist? I don't understand how having two people joining together in sexual union and having a child from that union, how that is racist. They are different races, ogre and human, but they got together. It's a choice. Let's say it wasn't a choice. Let's say it was rape. Well, she could have an abortion or she could have the baby or she could die in childbirth. Either way, the baby is out or it isn't out. But that doesn't make it racist. R rape doesn't happen usually because of race. It's usually a power play, at least in our modern society. Rape used to be a conquest right, you know? Whoever came in to take over this new tribe or town would then subjugate them and abuse them. That's just what humans did back in the day. So there, there's even like uh, 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 royal edicts where if you are married in one particular royal realm, one kingdom, the lord of that area that you get married in gets to sleep with your wife before they do. Like that's, that's literally laws that used to exist. So we can pretend that mixed races like half species 
is racist, but it's not. It's just playing to the universe that you're creating in the game. It's playing to our own human histories, and it's just playing to the reality of the fantasy world. It, it doesn't mean that you hate someone with your whole heart and you want to hurt them. It has nothing to do with that. If it does, you're bringing that into it. No one else. I just don't get it. Hey, Chris, thanks for tuning in, man. Shrek, anyone? <laughs> it's a TSR game called Dungeon. Oh, yeah, I'm not familiar, man. Sorry. Um, all right, so then, you know, sort of rounding the corner on this and whether or not Dragonlance needs bigotry. No, I don't think it does. Uh, but it needs situational. Like, it, it doesn't need inherent racism, but it needs to maintain its situational bigotry because that informs why the White Stone forces are so reluctant to work together. They distrust each other, all the different nations, for a reason. And that allows the dragon armies to pose as a significant threat. That creates the drama of the, the world, and that provides the opportunity for adventure for the players. If you strip that away, then it's just... As soon as the bad guy comes up, white stone forces gather together, wipe them out, and it's it. There's no story there. What's the point? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, one of your players is half Vietnamese, and when he saw the quote that the summit, he, uh, he was superheated, the idea of being biracial is inherently racist, deeply offended him. Yeah, that's the other thing. I was talking about ogres and humans, but let's say that you have mixed nationalities coming together that's a normal thing in human life that does not mean that it's racist it means that you have two parents hopefully that loved each other and had sex and that's it <laughs> and then you're here i just don't understand how it equals racism because you have two different in the game two different races coming together i do not see um nationalities or ancestries in our human variations as races we have we are a human race we come from different ancestral backgrounds but we're all human so I, don't, I just don't see us as different races so when i think of races i think of elf dwarf human orc you know stuff like that those are the races that i think of i like human in and of themselves if you're from Salamnia and you sleep with someone from Abanasinia, you're from different nationalities, different nations. Does that mean you're a half human? No, that means you're human. So why would we pretend that our world is somehow different than that? So really what you're talking about when you're talking about race is completely different races. You have humans, elves, dwarves so those getting together and able to have mixed babies between those races is not racist either in the context of us understanding racism as being a, a derogatory thing something that that there's a group of people that look down on it just because they were told to there's no actual real reason for it um you mean you're not half a drow half <laughs> I'm as cracker as you... I'm a honky. <laughs> I'm as white as you get. I am uh, Scottish and English. That's where I come from, man. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed-raced. I'm, I'm Britain and Scottish. Uh, get out of here. It's so stupid. And it's, it's just so unnecessarily dumb. 
you don't look like a good person because you think a half-elf is racist. You look like an idiot. That's it. You look like a dumbass who doesn't understand the difference between nationality and race. It's unbelievable. This whole time you keep thinking what a half-giant and half-gnome would be. <laughs> Let's hope the gnome was the boy. <laughs> so that the gnome doesn't have to deal with delivering that. Because, woof. <laughs> Uh, those that focus on all this show and the hate in themselves. Exactly. And that's the that's the bottom line that I really want to draw out here. Is uh, seeing hate in a fictional world or seeing racism in a, a fictional character says nothing about the game system. All it does is say that in your heart... You're racist and you see it everywhere else. That's it. Because I guarantee that before that person said that minstrel bat character or whatever the hell it was is uh, clearly African-American. No one else thought that. They thought this is a weird monster in space in Spelljammer. That's what they thought. It takes someone to say otherwise that they can then go, oh, you know what? Mm, I can see it. And everyone who's like, oh, but you look at his pose. That's inherently a, a racist pose. Get the get out of here. Get out of here. You're the stupidest person I've ever heard of in my life. You know what we used to do with art when I was a kid? We used to look at weightlifting magazines, and that would be the body frame, whatever pose they were in, that we would then draw our characters in. Because we could see the muscles, we were using it as a visual reference to then create the character. Our character was not uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was our character. It was just the pose that we borrowed. Now, I don't understand how a pose has to be racist in and of itself simply because you say it is. That means you're the racist, not the pose. You people man um painful is the follow-up though those are the focus that hate themselves they say the same thing about jar jar binks which made no sense then i thought you had to i mean you're gonna see, how do you live your life if you just see racism everywhere now yes there is institutional racism there is it's just it's a fact uh Slavery and racism is a problem all over the world. Literally, right now, slavery is a problem all over the world, and it's a big problem. So we can stop pretending that it's not real. It is real, and it does exist, and it kills people, and it's a problem. It is a problem that needs to be solved in humanity. Yes. But bringing it into a fictional game is done from the outside. It is not from the inside. It is not from the game itself. It is from you playing the game. And I just hope, because I suspect, I suspect the people that are complaining the loudest don't actually even play the damn game. Because I can't imagine someone who has actually played the game to see racism now, 50 years later. They're like, oh, I just realized I've been engaged in racism my whole life. Huda, huda, huda. It's like going through the satanic panic. Just because other people said Dungeons & Dragons was satanic does not make Dungeons & Dragons satanic. 
it means that they saw devils everywhere, not that those devils were real. And because here's a spoiler alert, devils aren't real people. <laughs> They're fictional. They're as fictional as a bunny rabbit who lays eggs on one day a year. Um, and so it's just ridiculous that now we, we went through the satanic panic. Now it's racial panic. Now it's like everything in Dungeons and Dragons is racist. We have to change it all. <sighs> no. It's always been on the outside. It's always been the people screaming the loudest that are the problem, not the people quietly enjoying the game with too much soda and too much junk food. <laughs> We're just trying to have fun. Leave us the hell alone with your nonsense. So stupid. Hey, horrific podcast. How you doing, man? We were just playing Evil Dead earlier today, and it was pretty gory and gross. Uh, the media love to stir it. They have spent so much time projecting their own hate onto various fandoms. Yeah, dude. Yeah, just like a Star Wars. Jeez. Uh, metalhead here as well, Skull. Uh, Cyril, in your opinion, it's just the opposite side of Satanic Panic. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very reminiscent of it. Playboy bunnies for real. <laughs> are real. <laughs> That's true, they are. Playboy bunnies are real. Or at least they were when I was a kid. I don't know if they're still around. Do you remember when Playboy stopped doing, um, like, full nudes? And they, they just did, like... Um, like they didn't show areola or, you know, bush or anything like that. They just tried to clean it up a little bit. Tanked. Their magazine tanked. And they went right back to being the old Playboy, which was already not risque at all. It was just, you know, beautiful shots of glamour shots of women. Um, but that's, th that's this game. If, if you are trying to tell everyone who's playing it and enjoys playing it for the past 50 years in the same way, that they're racist because they had there's a half elf in the game, or because there's characters that someone else from the outside sees racism in. Well, we're just going to give you our middle finger and walk away. Th that's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's made up nonsense. It may be in the cultural zeitgeist right now more than it has been perhaps in the past. And yes, it's real in human life and culture, and you cannot minimize that because it's a real problem. But in the game, it's not. Just grow up. It's ridiculous. All right. So that's what I wanted to talk about with this. Um, you know, I just wanted to go over some of the board games in Roll20 and how you can still enjoy these really great uh, Dragonlance games uh, without having to pay huge amounts of money by buying the original box sets and hoping that they're complete and all that nonsense. And that... Just because we're in this cultural moment where everyone is saying that Dungeons & Dragons is racist or has racial overtones does not mean it's true. It just doesn't. That's simply external forces injecting it into the game where it was not there originally. Now, maybe our modern culture wants to shift away from certain words in the vernacular of Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, fine, go ahead. But don't pretend that you're somehow solving a problem by removing options from a fictional game. Because that's not solving any problems at all. And there are real problems out there that need solving. So how about you deal with the real world and leave the fantasy to people who enjoy it? Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Evil Dead Rise is going to be great! Oh, I can't wait. Uh, the jocks and cheeseburger are cheerleaders. The jocks and their cheeseburgers. Jocks and cheerleaders will find a new way to pick on nerds in the future. It's just the way of things. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, hate to, but have to go to work. Oh, have a good day, man. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. I'm about to sign off anyway. Stay cool. You'll keep up your road black. Hey, do it, man. It's all good. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in. That is all the time I have to hang out today. What do you think of uh, the possible stripping of Dragon of uh, Dungeons & Dragons character class options because of external views of racism? What do you think about removing monsters from uh, Dungeons & Dragons because of external views of racism? Let me know in the comments, and I encourage... You don't have to agree with me. If you disagree with me, then let's have a dialogue about it. I'm okay with that. If you feel strongly about something, put it in the comments. Other people will read it, and maybe they'll identify with your perspective as well. Open dialogue is the best way to work through problems. Hiding from them is not. So don't hide from anything, people. I would like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click the like button. This all goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. Uh, and this channel is all about celebrating the wonderful world of the Dragonlance saga. So, until next time, Slanjavar. <laughs> Horrific podcast. There's be fighting words. <laughs>